Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. I'm Daniel, and with me I have Paul to discuss all things Star Wars. Paul, welcome to the show. Yo. It's been a while since you and I talked, but I figured today's subject would be a good time to kind of get back into things and let's discuss. Yes, yes. So, Star Wars. There was a lot of news that dropped this last week over at uh, uh, D23, and where this episode will actually drop on release date, it's probably going to be about two weeks since the news dropped at uh, D23. But I wanted to at least talk about some of the news that was dropped and just kind of get our thoughts on things. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. First up, Mandalorian trailer. What are your thoughts, man? <laughs> Dude, that thing looks so epic. It looks really, really badass. I uh, I don't know, just the feel of it. I mean, it feels like Star Wars, but it feels a little bit more grittier, more, I don't want to say darker, but just edgier, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've got nothing bad to... I, I've got nothing but good hopes to... Uh, expect on that um they they did a good uh job in actually releasing an an official uh teaser for us yeah it looked it looked really good man i mean just just the opening of the uh trailer itself with the stormtroopers uh helmets pinned on the the staffs or whatever i'm just like oh yeah this this is this is setting the mood it kind of gave you like a like a predator vibe you know like you know when the predator like knocks off his kills he hangs up the skull so oh yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like like i don't know like i don't want to use darker because i know it's it's star wars and they want to make it like like full-on you know game of thrones or anything but you know it just kind of gives you that that edgier feel like Hey, this is a bounty hunter. I, obviously, you know the predator reference, but this is a bounty hunter. You know, this is what they do. You know, there is nothing nice about those guys. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I love the trailer. So this is supposed to take place after Return of the Jedi. Um, I believe it's five years after Return of the Jedi. I may be wrong on that, but uh, it's it's basically after the fall of the Empire. Yeah, somewhere about the same timeline, either right before or right after the battle of Jakku. So, you know, like in the beginning of the force awakens, you see that giant star destroyer crashed. Yep. That was all from the battle of Jakku. Um, so this movie is going to be taking a place sometime around those events. So we're going to kind of get to see basically the last ditch effort of the empire. Yeah, the, last you, remnant, the last remnants of it. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be interesting. This is the time period that I'm like most interested in. Is it's the fall of the empire? What happened? Where did everybody go? What started happening? How did the first order come about? I'm I'm sure they're not even going to explore a lot of that, but I'm sure they're going to probably touch on some of those things. So I'm I'm quite excited about this show. And you know, it's John Favreau, the guy who created Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he knows. So, he knows. I, I think he knows a good way to bring in an, an origin. Uh, an origin opus to fruition, you know? So a lot of people have been waiting for a Boba Fett movie and, 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 or a spinoff of some kind of series. And while that didn't come too light, so to speak, I mean, now we're getting this version of it and it, and it looks, it looks really cool. Yeah. Not much has also been revealed about the actual character himself, the Mandalorian. I don't even think we got a name yet. I may be wrong. Um, I think he does have a name. I'm just, I'm just unfamiliar with it right now. And that's probably my case too. I probably heard it, but I just don't re- remember it at the moment. But 
We don't know. I mean, we may see Boba Fett pop up. You know, it's five years after the Sarlacc pit. Who knows? He might have crawled out. There might be a whole storyline. I don't know. You know, they're bringing back fan favorites like IG-11. Um, I mean, I know IG-11 is an, uh, an original character, but the the type of droid that he is, the IG-88 style assassin droid, um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to see that in the movie and we're going to see apparently a lot more of what this type of droid can do. So that's really cool. You know, the last time we seen those type of droids was in the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the show. I'm excited to see some things. And man, Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carl Weathers in the Star Wars universe. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, I bet you Carl Weathers woke up one day and was just like, holy shit, I'm in Star Wars. Nah, dude, because he was just like, you know what? I didn't get my, I didn't get my, uh, I didn't get to redeem myself in that bounty hunter movie. The other one, Predator. So I'm going <laughs> to come into this one. <laughs> but awesome, man. Well, yeah, uh, the next one that I kind of wanted to talk about was the news that was dropped. Um, I guess it was early in the week. It was on Friday or maybe, yeah, it was Friday night uh, uh, at D23. The return of Obi-Wan Kenobi to the yes. Star Wars universe. Yes. Ian McGregor is on tap to make uh, a series on Disney Plus uh, that's going to basically feature the life of Obi-Wan Kenobi. What I, what happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi after the Order 66 and when he went into hiding. So this is a story, another story that I'm, been looking forward to uh you know it's it's the in-between years of episodes three and four there's there's a whole 18 year gap of stuff that what happened where what were the characters doing in those that that time period before you know the story picks back up again in episode four so we're finally going to get some of those answers now this they said does take place eight years after revenge of the sith okay because so Revenge of the Sith takes place how many years before Hope? Approximately 18 years before New Hope, because Luke is 18, 18-ish, 19 at, uh, and in A New Hope. So he's just born at the end of Revenge of the Sith, so you can All right. kind of figure it's been 18, 19 years. So we're, we're looking at we're looking at the eight years, so about the, the midway point of that that hiatus. So are we going to see just his adventures on Tatooine? Are we going to see him leave Tatooine? Dagobah. Are we going to see him communicating with Qui-Gon Jinn? Because um, remember, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, Yoda says, you know, in touch with your old master, I must put you, or however the hell he worded it, talking about how he needed to get him set back up with Qui-Gon to, to uh, start learning the ways of how to basically become a force ghost. So, you know, are we going to see uh, Liam Neeson reprise his role as Qui-Gon? There, there, there's a lot of cool things that's happening right now. And I'm, I'm kind of excited. I think, I think a lot of fans should be excited. You know, pe- people were bashing this whole Disney deal and di- you know, the, the whole Disney takeover of star Wars, but I, I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out of this. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, for the saga, for the saga fans, you know, they're, they're, they're a little, perturbed on 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 the outcome of those movies i mean just like just like anything else but i think the i think the the shows are where it's going to be at because it's going to be very character driven you know because you don't with with the with the films you have many characters where you have you know unfortunately you have the sole focus on maybe one or two and then you have your supporting cast well in these shows you actually have many characters where you can actually you know um explore those characters individually over a a, uh, a number of, of episodes, you know? So I, I, I think, I think that will be the caveat for these folks that are, 
you know, like I said, they're they're a little perturbed or upset with the films. You know, they'll be able to, you know, leave those films as they are upset or satisfied or what have you and focus on these shows and get a little bit more contempt with it. With with the announcement of Obi-Wan, do you, do you feel that maybe because remember, we heard rumors that after episode nine, Star Wars was going to take a several year hiatus. But then we found out that um, the next Star Wars movie is going to come out in 2022, the year after uh, Avatar 2 and Avatar and Star Wars is going to be alternating every other year. Yeah. So do you think their new plan now is to focus on building a universe in television form to get people kind of reacquainted with the star Wars universe before they start pumping out these movies. Do you think that's the whole reason of this hiatus? I mean, that, that would make sense. I don't know if that's the reason, but to me that again, that would make sense for everything that I just pointed out. You know, you can, you can, you can focus on certain characters and that way when they do make their, their, uh, film debut, um, you, you, you don't need a, you don't need a complete backstory. I mean, of course I may have flashback a thing or two, but you know, you, you don't you you don't need that 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 um, foundation to explore a new mo- or explore a new story. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get it, and I think that's true for people like us who we know we're going to purchase Disney Plus. We know we're going to consume everything Star Wars. But I want you to take two things into consideration. In Rogue One, they introduced a character named Saul Guerrero. Yeah, audiences didn't know anything about Saul Guerrero. Um, just that he was played by Forrest Whitaker, but people who actually, you know, watch live the, and breathe star yeah. Wars watch knows that Wars. Saul Carrera was actually introduced in clone wars. And then again, he was brought back in rebels. So we know there's a whole backstory to this character. Uh, same thing in solo at the end of the movie, people were like, well, how the hell did Darth Maul come back? Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen uh, solo. Well, those of us who watched the television again, series yeah. knows how Darth Maul came back. So I, I have a fear that if this is their focus, if, if their focus is to do this type of thing in the television series, so when they do bring these characters over to movies and stuff, you know, that there's a whole backstory. I, I have a feeling that the general audience who just goes and sees the movies isn't going to understand what the heck's going on. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to differ with you on that because a lot of people can't get into animated shows. They can't because they feel it's too kiddish, you know, regardless of the of the actual, um, uh, uh, regardless of the actual uh, story or or characters or whatever, a lot of folks can't get into animation. I have a lot of friends that are like, ah, you know, it's cartoons, man. I can't watch that. But since it's a live action with real people, I think you'll get a little bit bigger of a of a pool of people watching that rather than you know if it was just cartoons. That that that's just my thought. I, I hope so. I mean, like. I have a feeling Marvel Studios is going to be very successful with their whole um, Marvel television on on Disney Plus because they had 22 films and basically a lot of different TV series to kind of build up an audience that they know is going to carry over and start watching these shows and that people who watch the shows will know that the stuff crosses over to the movies and that audience is there. They've built it up. But Star Wars, this is kind of new territory for them. And I'm just... I'm hoping for the best because I want, I want this to succeed because I've told you this many times when we've talked on these episodes <laughs> that I, I want star Wars to continue. Um, I, I need star Wars to continue. It's, it's, it's my favorite franchise of all time. And I, I, I need this to continue. And, 
the fact that we're getting these shows on Disney Plus, I'm excited. I mean, I am stoked about Obi Wan, and I'm stoked that freaking o- Ian McGregor's coming back. Yeah. Um. We're, we're I, there's so much backstory to Obi Wan. I mean, we know there's no way he stayed on the planet tattooing for 18 years. So we're going to probably get to see other adventures, him leaving, you know, Tatooine, maybe going back to Coruscant, maybe being hunted by some bounty hunters, maybe getting to see um, Darth Maul pop up here and there, because we know that Darth Maul's final, you know, finale basically is between him and Obi-Wan on Tatooine. So maybe we'll get to see that in live action. Um, there, there's just, there's just a lot of stuff that's getting ready to happen that I'm just super excited about. And I'm, I'm just hoping for the best. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and also because the, the new theme of, of a lot of movie studios is crossovers. So we're building a, or we're building, we're getting a Mandalorian movie or a, a TV show. What's to say that, you know, because again, like us, uh, folks like us that watch the clone wars. Obi-Wan did have some kind of relationship with a bounty hunter on that show. What's to say that we won't get something like that, that'll eventually bridge into the Mandalorian and vice versa, you know, through, through flashbacks or flash forwards, you know? Correct. Especially with the Mandalorian taking place or appears to be taking place on Tatooine, or at least that's where the outpost looks to be at. So, you know, both these uh, shows will be the main the main points Tatooine. Now, do you think they're doing both these shows because they got a good deal at the the, the lot to film Tatooine scenes <laughs> over uh, in the Tunisian desert or wherever the hell they're filming it at? Tunisia, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you can't help but to wonder that. But I mean, if you can knock out two birds and one stone, why not? You know. <laughs> so uh, between the two shows, which one do you think you're most excited about? Are you excited to see something completely new and the fact that there's the Mandalorian coming out? Or yes. Are you excited to see revisit an old character? I mean, I'm, I'm excited for both, but if I were to prioritize, it would be the the Mandalorian. Cause you have no idea what the hell's going to happen. And Correct. That, that Correct. makes you more excited. Uh, other than the fact that what we know from the clone wars, what we know from uh, empire and, and return of the Jedi for Boba Fett and a little bit of uh, the Clone Wars, um, uh, the Clone Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. We really, we really haven't explored in depth on live action what these guys are all about and what they're capable of doing. Other than now, we get to see, you know, you know, Predator style <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm really excited, Mandalorian. I mean, yes, I'm also excited about uh, Ewan McGregor coming back for Obi Wan, and we get to see. Uh, what they're going to do with his character. But yeah, I, I want new stuff. I, I, I'm excited to see the Mandalorian. So before we get into our final, our final major discussion, um, if you could choose a character for them to focus a Disney plus show on, Oh no, <laughs> who would you want them to focus the show on? Oh man. You know, You know, call me call me old fashioned, but I really, I really like Mace Windu. Not maybe Samuel Jackson. Again, you know, I'm I'm going through many renditions of his character. I'd really like to see a Mace Windu something of of, of something of that. So something pre prequels, maybe. Like yeah, him. yeah. I just want to see you know, kind of like you know. Okay, so now we have the first order. Well, maybe what about the very first council of Jedi masters or something like that? And maybe Mace Windu's rise to that to that seat. 
because he was number two, right next to Yoda. Yeah, Yoda, Kiadi Mundi, and uh, Mace Windu were the the head three. Yeah, so I mean, I'd really like to see that. I would, um, because he's he, I don't know, man. He's just a badass. I mean, it, 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 in in my opinion, he's he really is a badass. And dude, he chopped off Jango Fett's head. He basically mauled the emperor, or you know, the senator, or the what's his name, chancellor, into you know his disfigured form. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I would really like to see something with him. In the original Clone Wars, he's the one that crushed uh, General Grievous's. Oh uh, yeah, that, lung that cage too. And that, made him breathe. that too. That too. Uh, I mean, Obi Wan had the finishing move in, in Revenge of the Sith, but yeah, <laughs> dude, he is bad. He is badass to me, and I would love to see something, uh, you know, of that. I, I, I'm at the belief because you know Samuel L. Jackson made the statement the other day that he doesn't believe Mace Windu's dead. And I'm kind of on par with that. Uh, so just, if that's the case, I would actually like to see Mace Windu basically pop up on the Obi-Wan uh, show. Maybe pop up on the Obi-Wan show or maybe pop back up in the Mandalorian show or a misadventures of Mace Windu and Salacious Crumb episode series where they team up. and <laughs> Because, you know, what? I, I mean, I hate to get ahead of myself here, but Luke says no one's ever truly gone. That's true. So... You know, who's to say that he really did die? Uh, because yeah. according, according to reports, he did a jump <laughs> in, you know, in an effort to escape death, basically. I guess I'm bothered by all this extra Jedis popping up on these shows and stuff, because I remember very distinctly in Return of the Jedi, when Yoda was passing away, he said to Luke, when I'm gone, the last of the Jedi, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're having all these shows and stuff with all these new Jedi popping up. So, but you know what? I, it's Star Wars. I love it. Whatever. Right. But yeah, Mace Windu, I think that would be cool. Um, one that instantly pops off my head, I think would be one that everybody would love to see is Darth Vader. But I mean, who wouldn't want to see a Darth Vader show? But I think honestly, if we're not going to get any more movies in the solo universe, I would love to see a, a solo uh, standalone show to finish off that story arc because they set up what looks like is going to be an amazing story arc. And now we're not going to get any more films in that franchise. I know that that really bothers me because uh, while we're on the, while we're on the topic of that is I really enjoyed the, the in between movies between the, the, the sequel, the sequel uh, movies. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed, I really enjoyed rogue one. Actually, that's probably my favorite in the franchise so far. Um, or in the, the, the sagas or whatever, but, um, and I really enjoyed solo and yeah, you're right. I'm so mad that they're, they're not going to explore that anymore. Now, granted the Obi-Wan series, like I said, does take place about eight years before a new hope or eight years after revenge of the Sith, um, which falls about around the same time solo took place. So who knows? Maybe we'll see something. Um, I don't think we could see a Darth Maul Obi-Wan confrontation that early because the way they made Maul appear in Star Wars Rebels, he didn't know that Obi-Wan was on Tatooine. And that was the first time he found out that he was on Tatooine. So I don't know. There's just a lot of potential there. But Solo is something I would love to see them continue in series form if they're not going to do any more movies. Yeah, that would that would be actually a good alternative. And actually, a lot of those characters that were on those shows 
except for Alden Einrich, um, we're all television stars, so they can all do it. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Childish Gambino was on uh, uh, well, Community. That, well, it's not Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino is just his, his musician name. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dan, uh, Donald Glover. Glover. Thank you. I, w- I went with Childish Gambino because I couldn't remember his, his name off the top of my head. <laughs> um, and then we have the Mother of Dragons. And then Woody Harrelson was from Cheers. But yep. he's dead now, so he doesn't need to be on the show anymore. So, yeah, they, they could potentially do it. So, I don't know. But that, that would be my pick. So, you have Mace Windu. I have Solo. Solo the series. So, yeah, <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, we want these things to happen. So, make yeah. them happen. And I'm sure Samuel Jackson's available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could tell that it's a flashback story. Don't even have to do a flashback story. Like I said, it could take place after he got knocked out the window. So or that, he, could look, yeah. he could look like he did in Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> All disfigured and stuff. All right. So our final topic here. Um, we also got another trailer that dropped, uh, which was the, I guess, do we call it teaser number two or do, is this is an actual trailer? No, this is, a, this is an official trailer. <clears throat> It's the trailer to the Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Um, so the trailer starts off with basically clips from all six movies, and it starts in sequential order from episode, or I'm sorry, not sequential, but release order from episode order. four, yeah. five, six, and then it goes one, two, three, and then it shows seven and eight. Um, and right off the bat, the very first scene of the entire trailer was th- the most iconic scene in all of Star Wars. Luke looking at the two sons on Tatooine, the binary sons. And um, there's a, there's a, um, I don't know if you want to call it a rumor, but JJ um, Abrams respects Lucas a lot. And Lucas said in an interview that his favorite shot in all of the entire films that he's done, um, that his favorite shot was Luke looking off into the distance, into the sunset with the two binary sons sitting down for whatever reason, he says it just resonated with him because Luke gives or Mark Hamill gives off a, a, a look that what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And that's how Lucas felt when he was making this thing and when he when he shot it. And so I, I thought it was kind of fitting that the very first shot in this in this thing, because this thing is coming to a close. This saga is coming to a close. So I, I thought it was very fitting in the trailer. The first shot is something that resonated with Lucas. Yeah, that's that's. That's awesome. Um, and I, I, did, I didn't catch that type of symbolism. I caught it as this is the most iconic scene from Star Wars. So if we're going to tie it all together, let's start with the most iconic scene and let's end with something even more iconic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to that here in a second. Um, so then the trailer picks off with uh, our, our heroes. After we see all the scenes, our heroes on a new planet. And do you by chance know the name of this planet? Uh, I don't know, um, off the top of my head and I don't know if it's, if it's at the end of the movie, it doesn't feel like it's the end of the movie. It just feels like they're those, that race on that planet is just celebrate, just maybe doing some kind of local celebration. So I don't know if you remember the first trailer, but in the first trailer, there's a scene where, uh, C-3PO, Finn and Poe are on this like hovercraft looking thing and they're being chased by these stormtroopers with jetpacks. Yeah. That's on that same planet. So it looks like there might be a battle that takes place there. And after the battles won, there's a celebration that goes on. That's what I'm saying. Like, it just feels like a local celebration. It doesn't feel like a galactic celebration. It looks like the planet is called Pasana. Pasana. Okay. 
P-A-S-A-A-N-A. So with the celebration going on, um, we get to see uh, our heroes basically kind of looking on and uh, yeah, not really much is shown there except for like the fireworks, a little celebration that's kind of almost reminiscent of the wrap up in Return of the Jedi when all the planets are celebrating. Yeah. And that's kind of like the vibe I got from that. It's like, hey, we're celebrating. There was a victory. Woohoo. All right. So the next scene that we see in the trailer is our first look at Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia Organa. Now we got a look at her in the previous trailer where she was hugging Ray, but we didn't really get a good look at how she was going to appear. And in this movie, it looks like basically uh, from what I understood there, they took unused footage from episodes seven and eight. And this to me looks like it might've been a scene from episode eight because of the hairstyle, but it looks like they removed her head digitally from whatever costume she was wearing in episode eight. And, digitally planted it on a different actor's body in this one to kind of give her a, a new look as you will for this film. Um, do you think that's what they did here? Because I don't remember her wearing an outfit like this in episode eight. Um, it's possible. I, I don't know. So do you think there might be some tomfoolery going around here where they, they basically are taking her face and digitally make maybe mapping it onto a different actor <laughs> a la count dooku um yeah it's it's quite possible that they did that i mean because you know what do they got to work with i mean they you know she died unexpectedly um during you know during what was supposed to start filming i guess right about the time she passed away so yeah i don't know so yeah, there, there. So there's that. I mean, and she's in this wooded area that we see later. Um, that Ray is also in a very similar area training. So it kind of gives me the the question: Is Leia the one training Ray in this movie? Well, I don't know because they, she in that in that scene where she throws a lightsaber. There's that training droid that Obi Wan was training she, Luke with. On, Luke with, yeah, on the Falcon. So I don't know. It's it's possible. Um, she's just overseeing or she just walks in on Ray and probably says something like, Oh, I see you're up to training or something, or what are you training for? It's like, Oh, look at this badass. Yeah. So after we see the image of Leia, it, we, we get to see a, uh, a little thing that says the story of a generation or text that pops up that says story of a generation. And then after the text goes away, uh, every fanboy's wet dream happens here. We get to see a bunch of the, uh, original OG trilogy ships appear on screen. So we get to see some X wings, some Y wings, some B wings, some a wings and this unknown freighter ship that's in the scene. It's, I thought at first it was the millennium Falcon, but um, upon closer inspection of it, it's completely different shape than the Falcon. So I I don't know what that freighter is going to be. Might be the freighter that we see Poe and um, well, yeah, because it looks like there's two of them. Correct. Uh, we also see the frigate, the uh, medical frigate, or what looks like a frigate um, from the, uh, oh, I can't remember what they're called, the Corvettes. Yeah. Um, that we see in episode four. Uh, so remember in episode four, at the very beginning of the movie, we see the Tantive Four, yeah. which I believe is called a Corvette. I may be wrong. Um, basically trying to outrun a Star Destroyer and it gets picked up. And that's when we get introduced to the droids and all that. So wouldn't it be cool if this. Uh, Carillion Corvette that we see here in this scene is 
the Tantive Four, you know, Leia's adopted father's ship that was captured by the Imperials that they recovered after the war. And now it's coming back into battle for the last film of the series. That would be cool. Yeah. Kind of like a, like a classic car coming back to life. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then that would be the one ship that appeared besides the, uh, well, the Falcon was only teased, I guess in the prequels, we only got to see like a Easter egg of it. Not really on screen. And, but- and, and, and in that film, there was, there was two or three of them as well. Correct. So this would be one of the main ships that we get to see in all three trilogies. So that would be kind of cool. Right after that scene, we see what appears to be either a convoy of uh, Star Destroyers. And these are OG Imperial Star Destroyers from the original trilogy, not the First Order Star, uh, Star Destroyers. So what are your thoughts here? Yeah, uh, maybe it was just, uh, you know, whatever factory or factories were were assembling them and, you know, got put down because there was no more, you know, um, no more uh, galactic forces or evil galactic forces, you know, uh, you know, still still putting in the work. Somebody commissioned them to resume and, you know, in secrecy. And then all of a sudden, boom, they pop up and supposedly somebody counted them in the trailer and they're, they're upwards of 200 in that one shot. It's quite possible. There's, there's a lot in this one little scene that I'm staring at. So there's, there's two lines of theories that's going on with this scene, particular scene here. And both of the, uh, these theories come from different sections of, or different topics from the different books that's just come out. So in one series of books, we find out that one of, uh, Palpatine's uh, contingency plans after his death was to pull some of the Imperial fleet and any, any supporters of the, uh, of the emperor that was still around back out into deep space, unknown regions of the universe. So one theory is, is that these are all those people that basically were Palpatine supporters that went out into the deep unknown regions of the universe and who are being called back by the emperor. Okay. And another theory that's going around, and this one probably seems more likely, is we know that the first, or I'm sorry, that we know that the uh, the resistance at the end of Last Jedi basically only consisted of like eight people, <laughs> because there was only like what 15, 20 people left at that bunker. Right. It was like a small handful, and no one came to their assistance. So. One of the one of the themes in this movie is basically going to be uh, the resistance building up basically a fleet to fight the First Order. So in the books, we find out when the Empire was retire or basically surrendering to the rebels, the rebels were putting all their star fleets and stuff in basically a compound where um, all their ships were being basically held in deep space somewhere secured and stuff. So one person's suggestion is <laughs> kind of like that, an impound line. <laughs> yeah, basically. So one person's suggestion is, is that this is actually the rebels recovering all of the star destroyers from one of the impound lots and taking it to the first order. So these are all actually repurposed star destroyers that are being used by the resistance, which would kind of throw back to the original trilogy when we had the, um, I'm so getting confused with all the names here because we had we had uh, the Republic in the original or in the prequel trilogy. We had the Rebels in the original trilogy, and we have the Resistance in the sequel trilogy. So 
if you remember in the prequel trilogy, we had the Republic that used very similar style uh, ships. They weren't called Star Destroyers, but they had the similar look. Okay. Are you still, okay. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Are, are you still there? Um, so that's kind of like throwing back to that original trilogy. If this is what the scene is, is the rebels are taking over these ships. So that would be I, cool. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. In the next shot, we get to see Finn and newcomer, uh, Jana on what appears to be some sort of frigate. At first I thought this was the, uh, the, uh, millennium Falcon, but the way that there's someone kind of situated behind him, I don't know if you see like a rebel pilot or resistance pilot sitting behind him. This leads me to believe that this is that, uh, freighter that we saw in the previous shot. Um, so it might be a new ship. This might be her ship. Correct. So, um, um, either she's way, played by Naomi Aki, the actress. But yeah. I, I, I was just going to say either way, they're basically showing us a, a new character. Um, and I guess the rumor is right now is that that that's probably Lando's daughter. I think that was actually brought up at one of those conventions, um, which was oh, the Star Wars convention at the beginning part of this year when they brought everybody out on stage. Um, they they were saying that rumor has it you're Lando's granddaughter and she was kind of playing it coy. So there is a potential that, yeah, that actually may be the case. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're going to find out here in a few months. After that scene fades away, we get um, some text stuff that says comes to an end. So if we remember, it said it said the story of a generation comes to an end. And then we get to see a quick flash of C-3PO on what looks like some sort of gurney or something with some red eyes. Thoughts on this scene? Well, I think people are blowing it up there because, you know, the, the, the meme is right now is that, oh, man, <laughs> who would have known or who would have thought that it was it was C-3PO that was going to be the, the dark Phantom uh, Menace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm, I'm kind of on par with like, you know, the, the more practical and logical thing is like he probably just got some program and it's just like corrupting his eyes or whatever, because and the only reason why I say that is because on that scene, if we go back to that scene where there's, you know, the five of them walking on that desert planet, he has the red eyes on that shot, too. So some programming just made his eyes red or filtered out that they're red. I don't think he's evil or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's possible. And, I, you know, I can't see the red eyes in the previous shot. It's because he's so far back, but it's possible that he does have red eyes. But there was something I read online that um, there's a theory going around that it's potentially that this scene here, they're they're going back and they're there because C-3PO was built by Anakin. Correct. And people now know this. This is supposed to be like, maybe common knowledge, maybe in the Skywalker family or something like that. So they are recovering his old memories to find some information out. And that this is some sort of diagnostics mode that he's in. And that's why we see the red eyes. Well, that, that, yeah, there's some that, corrupted memories and that they're recovering some of these memories. Yeah. And then that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm more on that practice i mean how cool would it be if c-3po was just this extreme badass i mean i know we kind of got a hint of it in attack of the clones when his head popped up on a droid and he was like die jedi die you know but (laughs) um yeah i mean for him to to just now become a bad guy i don't i don't think so yeah and george lucas always said that the trilogy was 
or the entire saga was supposed to be seen through the droids eyes. So it was going to start with the droids and his original vision was it was supposed to end with the droids. Well, yeah. I mean, then, yeah, it wouldn't make sense for him to just go corrupt now, grow a wall bonkers now. Now with Disney controlling this, are they actually in the series with R2D2, C3PO? You know, I always thought it would be cool. Like if R2D2 and C3PO that were there like many, many years in the future and they were telling this stories, the journal, the wills or whatever. And they were telling the story of the Star Wars to the next generation or whatever, you know? Right. I, but mean, I, I don't know if that's what's actually going to happen because, you know, someone else now owns this property. <laughs> Touche. So the next scene after the the crazy C-3PO scene, we get to see what looks like uh, a laser blast hitting the planet. And I'm not familiar with what this planet is, but this looks like this is that new ice planet that's being referenced in the series. Right. And this blast appears to be the same sort of type of blast that we saw in The Last Jedi from that, what they call Death Star technology when they knocked down the... Uh, the door with right so this looks like there might be a ship that's equipped with this type of laser now and it's hitting the planet and it's only exploding a certain portion of the surface so interesting to see that the empire can't get rid of that technology yeah yeah i I don't think it's i don't think it's a i I know we see remnants of a death star i don't think it's i don't think it's yet another death star destroying a planet i think uh, yeah, I think it's just a massive cannon that's just able to, you know, has the Death Star technology, kind of like right. what they referenced in Last Jedi. Correct. Yeah, it's just it's it's not because it's a smaller you know, version of the super weapon, right? Because there's a there's still a lot of people thinking that it's it's a new Death Star, and they're like, oh well, you know, the Death Star cannon is green, you know, this one's red, and yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I never once thought that that's what it was. I just thought it was just a massive cannon, just you know, destroying some parts of the terrain, but not the entire planet. Yeah, I'm picturing a ship very similar to what was destroyed in The Last Jedi. I can't remember the name of that ship, but the one that uh, old girl went uh, hyperspeed through. Right. Um, I'm picturing a ship that size or something, you know, with a cannon mounted on the front of it. Um, After that scene, we see Rey training in the Jedi, or in the Jedi, in the uh, Force that we mentioned previously with a red training droid. Um, So she's looks like she's throwing a lightsaber and it's cutting down some trees and then she ends up catching it. And then we get to see this epic shot of Kylo Ren coming off of his TIE fighter, uh, igniting his lightsaber. And, you know, everybody's hoping for a Kylo redemption, but I think we're going to get to see, like, no redemption for this character. And we're just going to see this ultimate badass. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think because, again, the 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 truth or the meaning is in the title. And I don't think, you know, everybody's thinking like the rise of Skywalker. It's going to be the rise of Ben Solo coming back to the light. And I don't think that for a second. I think Ben Solo is just too far gone in the path of the dark side that he's just going to. He he teased it in Force Awakens. He as in JJ. He teased it in Force Awakens with him killing his father. And then we get to see a little bit more of his rage in um, Last Jedi. So I think we're going to get full on you know, uh, Jack Nicholson in the shining on this movie with Ben Solo here or with, um, Kylo Ren. I, I, I don't think he's ever going to come back to, you know, I don't think he's ever going to come back, you know, from where he's at. I think he's going to stay a Sith and he's going to die a Sith. Well, he's technically not a Sith, but I get what you're saying. He's going to stay evil. Yes. If you will. Um, 
what else we got here after that we see it looks like it's going to be a completely different scene so this one scene in the movie i can't tell if this is the ice planet or if this is maybe the remnants of the death star wherever the death star is at where he landed yeah. and then right after that scene we see him fighting ray on what appears to be the death star wreckage in some sort of water now i was laughing because a lot of a lot of things that i was watching about this they were like we don't know where this location's at and i'm like the background clearly tells you it's the Death Star because there's turbo lasers that are all janked up and everything. It looks just like the Death Star wreckage. So my theory is it's the Death Star wreckage. I don't know. It depends on where it's at. But what's really cool about this scene is it's very reminiscent of episode three when Luke, or I'm sorry, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting in the lava. Yes. Now we have Ray and Kylo fighting amongst water. Yes. And it just kind of echoes that, that other other movie there and, and, I, and just, I i did catch that as well i was just like you know what we're gonna get a fight this is the last fight of of you know those two we're gonna get one more fight and and, and how cool is it in this shot that we see it like you said uh, it was well put that it echoes exactly how anakin's and obi-wan's was so it makes me wonder is she a kenobi no, i'm just playing okay so we see this fight scene go on funny. it goes on and then we get blackness, and I'm sh- we hear the Emperor say... Uh, nears its end. Your journey nears its end. And then all of a sudden, we hear a lightsaber activate, and then we well, see an up-close shot of Rey. You're, 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 two- you're jumping. You're jumping. We hear the Emperor. Then we hear Vader breathe. And then we get... A shot of Rey, or what appears to be Rey, with two red lightsabers in front of her face mind you that are crackling just like Ben Solo's is because I think that's important to, to note there. And when we get to see the full body shot of her, all of a sudden the lightsaber, she looks like she has two lightsabers side by side. And then she just kind of drops one of them and it forms a double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. It's like a, like a switchblade or a, she's, not, not a switchblade, a butterfly knife. And she's in a black hooded outfit. Um, looking like she might have turned to the dark side. And then we get to see the logo star Wars rise of Skywalker. So let's pause here for a little bit and talk about Ray. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, it's interesting to know before I get into that, how you said that, you know, it's, it's, it's like um, Kylo Ren's and I, I didn't quite catch that. And I don't know if a lot of people catch this, but something unique about Kylo Ren's lightsaber is that it, it, I don't know, fluctuates. It's not a, it's not a straight beam of light. And the canonical reason for that is because he is using a cracked kyber crystal. So with that said, does she acquire that same piece? Or. Yes. If you remember in episode so here's my thought. If this is not a, so there's several theories right now. Yes. The big theory that's going around is that this is a vision. And the reason why that's the biggest theory right now is because uh, starwars.com posted this image and it had some sort of caption at the bottom that said something like this vision of Ray, blah, blah, blah. They took it down and then they changed it to the site of Ray. So people are like, oh shit, they said a uh, vision. So this must be a vision and they didn't want to spoil the movie. Another theory is, is that she's a clone 
and that this um, is either a clone of Ray, or this is, or this is in fact Ray being possessed by Palpatine. Okay. So, with that being said, my thought is, if this is evil Ray or clone Ray, she either one defeats Kylo Ren and takes his kyber crystal, like you're suggesting, you know, because you said that she gets a part of it. Okay. Or two, when a lightsaber turns red, the only way it could be red is if you turn to the dark side of the force. So basically you bleed your, your, it's called bleeding a, a kyber crystal. So a blue lightsaber will become red or a green lightsaber will become red. If you become, if you bleed it into the darkness or whatever, I forgot how the terminology is, but it's basically only Sith can use red and it has something to do with uh, tapping it into the, the dark side. So what happened? Remember in episode eight, they ripped apart Anakin's lightsaber in half and she has to rebuild it. And we see in the very beginning of the first trailer that she does have that lightsaber repaired because it looks like the original lightsaber with a black band around it. But what if that, that lightsaber was cracked and because she becomes Sith, it's bled now into a red lightsaber blade. Very possible. So that's that. Um, I have a theory up on templategeek.com right now that talks about, I think Ray is a clone and not just any clone, but a clone of Luke Skywalker. So yep. if you want to check that theory out, head over to templegeek.com right now and check it out and let me know what you think. And that is the theory is uh, that I am on par with as well. And Paul, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Is, is this, does this get you excited for this film? Yes, I'm very excited. Not for the conclusion. Uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of, uh, piggyback or I don't want to kind of mention, uh, another franchise, but just kind of like end uh, Avengers with Endgame. This is, this is a big deal. You know, this is spanning over 40 years of <laughs> multiple movies, multiple shows and, and tidbits. I mean, just, just a bunch of stuff. So for it to conclude the saga, anyway, for it to conclude, it has to be epic. And I'm more excited than, than ever before. I mean, I just, I want to see it. I'm scared to see it though, because I don't want it to end. Uh, I mean the, the, the saga anyway, but yeah, man, I, I'm just, I am just overly, overly hyped in this, the way the trailer starts, the way it concludes. I mean, I think it's going to be nothing short of, of, of epic. I, I'm excited for this movie too. I, I don't want it to end, but it's the same way I felt at the end of revenge of the Sith. I, you know, we, we all were going into that movie going, okay, this is the final star Wars film. So, yeah. so now that I know that this is not the finale that we're going to see more after this, even though it's not about the skywalkers, uh, I'm okay with it. Um, but I am excited to see how they're going to wrap this up. And I'm excited to basically see, I think what I'm most excited about is I have a feeling that this movie is going to be so good that it's going to make everybody who hated the last Jedi go, Oh my God, this is the best trilogy ever. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm kind of excited about is I want to see basically how people's going to change their responses to the previous movies. And and the only reason why I'm going to say that is because there, there's two things. And like I said, and like I just said that the meaning is behind the trailer or, I mean the, the, the truth of the title is behind, you know, the, the meaning is behind that title. And it's misleading because, again, the rise of Skywalker. Everybody knows that in this version, 
Ben or Kylo Ren is Ben Solo. He is of Skywalker lineage. Okay, through his mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, for for you know the last two movies, Ray has not. We have not conclusively known who her parents are. There's just tons and tons of theories. Okay, whether it be indirectly done by the films or actors or or you know um, other websites, whatever. There's just nothing but theories. There's no conclusive evidence who her parents are. I think we're going to finally find out who she is in this film. Actually, we have to find out. Um, but they never mentioned her last name, so that's why there's a lot of theories, including myself. I have always thought she was a Skywalker. But going back to what Luke said at the very beginning of the trailer and even the teaser trailer a few months back, he says, no one is ever truly gone. So I believe the rise of Skywalker is because Anakin somehow in some fashion is coming back. And the only reason why I say that is because much like you, Daniel, how you said that, you know, uh, Lucas said that he wanted it to start with the droids and end with the droids because it was a storytelling through their eyes. Okay. Well, Lucas has always said that this entire thing was always about Anakin, how he was the chosen one. He was always been the chosen one. It's always centered around him, the Skywalkers. So the rise of Skywalker is because think about it, rising from the dead or rising from the ashes or, or however you want to look at it. I really think it's going to be about Anakin. And, and for that, that's why I am in, I'm agreeing with you that everybody's going to say, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever because they brought back. Anakin or Darth Vader, whichever one that you love, you know, uh, uh, whichever one you have more love for, they're bringing him back. And and that's that's why I think it's going to be epic. And that's why I think it's going to conclude so good. At least that's my hope. No, I'm with you. I I think we're going to. I think we're going to get a good conclusion to this. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of answers that. That's been basically out there forever. Um, You know, for example the whole parentage thing. We're going to finally get to know what the hell that's all about. Um, I was just going to say, you know, and something, something ironic about this is that, have you noticed that in every single trilogy, its own respective trilogy, it always ends with the emperor. It always does. So in revenge of the Sith, we finally get the uh, Palpatine who reveals to, you know, a, a, a small audience that he is in fact the Sith Supreme Lord or whatever. So in Return of the Jedi, we finally get to see the Emperor, okay? And mm-hmm. now in the, these sequel trilogies, we are now getting the Emperor back in the last film. Now, I, I just find that funny. Yeah, you know, Kathleen Kennedy at D23 this last week said that this was always the plan, that they always knew they were bringing the Emperor back. But somehow I kind of doubt that. I think they were like, okay, we've lost the fans, you know, yeah. we lost a good majority of the fans with this last movie. What can we do to bring some people back? Well, let's bring back a fan favorite character. And the emperor, believe it or not, is a fan favorite character. Oh, he, he is. Was, yeah. He was one of the most popular characters in the prequels. Roll it again. So uh, I, I think that's what happened. Um, but we'll see. Um, but I'm excited. He's back. I don't know how the hell he's back, but I know we're going to find out. And what I was going to say earlier was, you know, J.J. Abrams, he he always believes in the mystery box of filmmaking. So he created the mystery box in the first movie. And now he, you know, he has no choice. He has to reveal what the mystery is. Correct. So we're, we're going to get all the answers in this film or as many answers as they could possibly cram into a two and a half hour movie. Dude, I, I cannot wait. So 
Well, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, may the force be with you. All right. Well, then on that note, thanks for listening to the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Instagram or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Also, why don't you head over to our website, templeofgeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of strange and weird and geeky content that pertains to the world of geek. I've been Daniel. And I've been Paul. And thanks for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.